Well, welcome everybody and welcome to episode 23 of the Indie Augmented Reality Podcast. So today's subject is sports, a uh, subject close to my heart as a lapsed athlete. Um, we've got a fair amount to talk about today. So on this, we're working on the premise that advertising played a really important part in transforming sports into a hugely profitable industry. So there are lots and lots of brands now aligning themselves with sports teams, events, organizations, and fans consciously or subconsciously ignore the noise of traditional forms of advertising, like 30-second TV spots or printed materials. Marketers have to tackle a high level of boredom that audiences show for brands. That's where digital media and immersive technologies come into the picture, like ours. So we're here in the studio today with CEO Alex, with Norby CTO and CDO Chava to discuss how augmented reality can help teams, leagues, venues and sponsors to increase fan engagement. Anyway, there's the formal intro. <clears throat> so question number one, for those of you who've lived under a rock for the last three years, I hope that doesn't include us, what do we think are the major trends in sports when it comes to AR? Oh, Norby, you're our um, multi-talented athlete. <laughs> athlete, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, well, w one thing that comes to mind is uh, definitely uh, entertainment and brand building, just as with pretty much every other brand. Uh, brand uh, sports teams uh, need to uh, attract uh, fans and entertain them. So that's that's one of the main. Uh, main areas that uh, we saw activations. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other thing that is just uh, uh, taking flight is, uh, is the real-time uh, statistics uh, of, uh, of certain games and matches. So I see those uh, two main things. Of course, we, we saw the, uh, the, the, the very first AR experience probably uh, on a broadcast, like a, a sports... Uh, event broadcast where we saw those uh, overlays on top of the uh, studios and they showed every single statistics uh, and that's a really good example uh, but uh, now it's uh, all of this is all of this is now uh, going mainstream well mainstream but public more like and Java why do you think it's gone mainstream now what do you think it's taken to get us to where to the current point uh, well, one of the things that I that I think, like connecting with the things that Norby just mentioned, the ability through AR to provide the sports fan a unique point of view of what's happening on the field. In the in the you know, like, during years, the broadcasts were so you know, like so defined on the camera angles and you know like the 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 flow on how you perceive information. But then with this information revolution happening and providing more and more um, information, data points about what's happening on the field and how you correlate it with some extra activities like, you know, like the fantasy leagues or your own uh, personal track on your, on your teams or what's happening. For instance, yesterday... The, the, the Champions League, like four, six games happening at the same time, how you can 
elaborate a, a unique point of view with that information utilizing a secondary screen. Like I'm, I'm talking about you know, like the broadcast and how you're following these this, um, this sports, but obviously there's the, the, other, the other step that is the uh, on-location uh, information or brand engagement with your, with your team. So I think that that's the, the two main directions. So it's a real thirst for information, the ability to experience sports in a different way to how people have done it traditionally through classic kind of TV broadcast. Yeah, it's, it's putting data into context as well, isn't it? So so a lot of the stuff that these guys have just mentioned is, the, is we're now getting so many different streams of data in so many different places and actually be able to be, to be able to overlay that onto different viewpoints is quite, is, is relatively radical actually. Um, and it's kind of gone back to the idea of originally you know we broadcast in 2d and we broadcast in 2d in multiple senses really you just have sound and vision and actually now what's what's beginning to happen is that well hold on a minute if we're broadcasting in 2d how can we make that more three-dimensional as an experience for a user so can we overlay images on the field of play for example and tv i mean actually ar and like as norby mentioned in tv it, it's been around for Ages. I mean, NFL, for example, has been overlaying graphics onto the field for, yeah. for quite a long time. That, that's one one example, early example of uh, AR. And, but now it became the, the standard. Yeah, so exactly. now every every single exactly. uh, Major League Baseball game, you see the the area of the of the yeah. strike, which is you know, like now it's it's expected. It's not just like exactly. uh, like some some detail. It's now expected to provide that information to the. To and, the and maybe that's why it's becoming more. Uh, Mainstream, mm. well, no one sees my air quoting, but <laughs> but it's uh, <laughs> but it's uh, uh, that's why it's like it's expected. Yeah. So now let's take it to the uh, stadium. Uh, you, to the, I mean, US sports has always been massively data driven, isn't it? It's yes. stats, it's facts and stats, facts and stats, and they spent you know TV has traditionally spent you know an hour broadcasting a match or a game, and then spent three hours talking about the facts and stats of the game. Yeah. So if they can actually, I mean, I was quite struck. When so what was it about two months ago we watched the Dodgers, and I'd never been to a baseball game before, and I was quite struck at how much distance there was in between me and the game. Mm. Admittedly, we're in the cheap seats, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I was quite struck actually. There wasn't that much data available to me about what was going on. Mm. I think basketball's a little bit more kind of immediate, uh, but definitely in the stadium, and you we were however many rows back. And I couldn't really pick up what exactly what was happening. I, I mean, I certainly couldn't make out people's faces on the field, for example, or where the ball was, or, <laughs> <laughs> or who those people were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess from that perspective, it's uh, it's no different to going to uh, a concert where the you know the, the artist is could well be in far in the distance, mm. <clears throat> and you're hearing the music, but you're not necessarily getting the experience unless the experience is on a screen. And then yeah. by having the screen, that then transforms your viewing experience and also transforms your ability to consume yeah. additional information. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think the fu fusing those feeds into that is, is, is ultimately where they're looking to head. Mm -hmm. so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the exact ins and outs commercially. Obviously, TV kind of rules supreme in terms of where the money comes from for US sports. But in stadium, I think there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of scope and a lot of potential for kind of effectively augmenting the the audience's 
the crowd's view or their information. I mean, I don't even listen to or there wasn't that much audio either. I no. Think. No, it's, it's interesting. And I guess it sort of brings us on to um, <clears throat> another question of, of how we, we talked about some stadium based kind of experiences, but how do we think you can bring AR into the home, into the, in, into the hands of the, the, the viewing audience who's maybe sitting at home watching t- TV? I mean, how do we think uh, we could use AR potentially in that kind of environment? Well, one thing that is happening with the, you know, like the disruption of the mobile devices, like the secondary screen lives there. So you have your main feed, there is the TV, but at the same time you are scrolling and looking some other kind of, of information. So once that, that information can be um, not just contextual regarding to the game that we are watching, but also spatial, I think that that's a, that's a really, like that really interesting extra visualization and we need to we need to address the fact that um uh yeah tv as a medium has has been in broadcast uh, sport broadcast has been uh alive for a while but esports and the visualization and the involvement that you have as a uh, as a fan playing uh, a video game that represents uh, sports mm-hmm. that's also like like a sweet spot between those two worlds one that is fully interactive and that's the, the on and the other that is the live feed so I think that uh, that across the, um, like a merge between these two spaces it's uh, it's really interesting on how how we perceive the the action on field yeah it's interesting isn't it because the second screen is now very kind of commonplace as part of the TV experience whether it's reality TV where something's going on, on the screen and all the time people are tweeting or texting or entering competitions using their phone or using their tablet. Um, it's that the second stream is now very established now part of your viewing experience, strangely enough, because you would think you're fundamentally distracted from what you're seeing, but actually you're adding to it. So how, how do we think that AR can take advantage of that new habit that people have now seem to have developed? I think I think so. At the moment, at the moment, you you watch TV and you follow uh, breakout stats on your iPad or on your laptop. Um, I think <clears throat> there's been a lot of conversation about using about using AR around the TV, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of it's still sort of at that sort of weird clunky phase. I know certainly Norby and I have been in, in meetings many years ago when the idea of using the TV to to trigger content around the screen. And that was always really, it was a really interesting principle, but it, because you get, you then get to say, okay, I'm, so I'm watching this game. And so that, that game is not going to leap from that screen in the next 10 years. Um, so, so now you're saying, well, can we, can we now add in elements of that game into the room that are useful to the user? And that kind of then tends to lead towards the sort of wearable stuff mm-hmm. because I'm still not really convinced that <clears throat> there's a massive benefit to you now holding up your iPad and viewing the data through the iPad around the second screen. <laughs> yeah, so, you're, wa- you're watching <laughs> the TV through your iPad. Yeah, and then seeing the, the stats, yeah, yeah, there's an argument where it's like, well, why don't they just put the, why don't they put then, why don't you just watch it in your iPad and have the game reduced to X, and then you have the data around the edge. Like, what's the real benefit? But the wearable side of things gets gets super interesting because if you can effectively then pick and choose extra layers of data that are appearing, I think Microsoft had a 
a really interesting kind of demo setup, which was kind of back projection around the TV. Yeah. I think it was Microsoft, wasn't it? It was back projection around the TV, and then they were changing the, the ambient environment depending on what was on the screen. Okay. So the screen was X size, let's say 60-inch you know, screen, and then, and then the, the wall behind it was then changing. So you, that principle, I think, is, is quite interesting. Let's see if we can find a link to that, put that in the show notes. Yeah, 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 we can put it on the notes. It was, um, so yeah, that, that's, that's pretty fascinating, I think. Uh, and also Microsoft had this uh, tabletop exp- experience uh, example with yes. HoloLens where you can see the whole pitch or uh, uh, court, if it's a basketball, and you see the game unfolding in 3D. And it's interesting because I saw a Canon uh, I think they have a, a new camera system where they can uh, actually produce 3D representation of the uh, of the field, and then uh, you can just move around with the, with a virtual camera within the field and see it uh, from different angles. And that's probably that will be a useful tool to transform it into a tabletop experience where you can just watch mm. the whole game in, in 3D. The Rugby World Cup yeah. has just put um, they've just instituted a lot of a lot more. Uh, cameras into the game That's setup right. so I was watching yes. <clears throat> I mean that almost looked three-dimensional in the way it was broadcast mm. but it actually wasn't yeah but it was just it was it was their ability to be able to cover more angles at once and move yes <clears throat> yeah I saw so that, that video as well yeah it's, it looked amazing it looked like a video game. yeah <laughs> like yeah and, and the other fact that adds to this new visualization is the personalization so it's not that I'm just receiving one feed and it's not that I'm watching you know like seven different feeds from different cameras is I'm actually immersing myself into the experience and it's my decision where to look at. That is, yeah. the, that is something extra that you know, like TV cannot do. I, I think that these things always, <clears throat> they always uh, evolve at actually quite a standard pace, don't they? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the truth is, is that, as Trevor says, the, the, the re- that looked like a video game. Why did it look like a video game? Well, it looked like a video game because potentially you were given the opportunity to use a virtual camera to yes. view the whole game. So then the next logical step says, actually, the flat screen remains the same, but now you can choose your view. Now you can view it. You can view replays or whatever you want in real time. You've got kind of body cams, for example. I know, I don't know if it's Premier League have talked about the idea of body cams and being mm. able to kind of follow that, etc. So I think, you know, there are quite, there's quite a natural step towards, you know, ultimately broadcasting in 3D is the only real way for you to be given an environment that you can view from anywhere. And I don't think they're there yet. No. So we really think that fundamentally wearables will be transformative in this space. I think that's uh, ultimately where we sort of seem to be kind of coming out. Good. So in terms of, we talked about the experience, the AI experience from an audience perspective. Which other stakeholders in the sports industry do we really think AR could potentially deliver benefits to? Well, brand communication, it's super, it's super important, I think, like, because um, the, the ability to utilize, utilize AR as a new communication channel in which you can provide some brand engagement through that, not just to the team, but also the sponsor brands and well, all, all the related sponsorship. I think that that's a huge opportunity in terms of marketing, sports marketing, um, linking that um, like 
even linking retail uh, steps or uh, retail stakeholders in which you can uh, amplify the kits that you are selling you know like with the presence of your player for instance that's something that that it's like now it's available and that's something that that brands uh, can take advantage of I think it's about I mean it's about as you say it's rightly about selling things Mm. <laughs> <You're right>. so, <laughs> how, so how can we you know how they're, they're looking at it from the point of view is how okay if we the only we, the reason why we want to increase engagement is is a because we want to increase the value of the brand but but ultimately what we're looking to do is to get more people to affiliate with it and therefore they buy more things um that's a kind of the, the sort of honest truth well, we had a quite interesting sort of working example and this is probably two three years ago now of i think was the assistant manager of atletico madrid was wearing Google Glass. And of course, we know that Google Glass, as it was, doesn't exist, and there's a various kind of iterations out there. But that was visualizing effectively player statistics in real time as he was watching matches. So I guess that's another... I know managers, for example, use software like kind of ProZone and various others to to track athletes running around pitches to see who's tired and who's covered what ground. And I know there's those sort of statistics available now. So I guess that's another potential <clears throat> avenue. And even as, uh, as we discussed previously in a previous conversation, uh, also on the, on the training field, on like how you can monitor specific movements now in, in the sports where like the, the mechanics of the body affects uh, in big time your performance, like, I don't know, like tennis or golf, in that you can actually like recreate those movements in AR in order to feel, uh, to see yourself that's a very interesting example isn't it so, so theoretically you could overlay on top of someone's vision vis, image of themselves playing a golf shot for example you could actually overlay on top of that the perfect movement to achieve that sort of shot and and then having a, you know, like a, a direct connection with the output of your movement mm-hmm. right like distance yeah. and uh, with, with maybe ha- mm-hmm. and, yeah. Yeah, sorry. with haptics maybe you know you, you, you're able to adjust your yeah. movement yeah. the amount of sensors that currently are available in order to track these things is just like in order to capture those data and, and make mm-hmm. it uh, make a 3D visualization on top of that yeah and that's very important that it's all very closely linked to the get, gathering of the data that we are yes. going to visualize. So uh, AR itself is, is not really meaningful on any level without any data to show. So uh, all the sensor uh, advancements and all the, the gathering, the visual, the computer vision, computer vision uh, uh, algorithms that can gather all kinds of different uh, data, that is what empowering AR to to show these stats and show this, uh, show, show this, all this information on uh, overlaid on the, on the screen. And there was a lot of talk <clears throat> a year or two ago about the about the usage of sensors in mm. games, wasn't it? I think right. was in Premier League about mm. how much could, how much was too much, about how much people should be wearing and what, what it's useful for. It's, it's a really interesting kind of area because because technically most of the most of the technology is probably there. Yeah. So heart rate monitors, distance yeah, measure, absolutely. distance run, um, formation and position on the the field of play. So technically, that that wouldn't be actually that difficult to track. I guess no, the rules and regs in terms of what players can and can't wear. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's happening. You know, that's happening anyway, isn't it? There's, uh, there's already so much data generated by, <clears throat> excuse me, so much data generated by each event that's then analysed post-event into giving an understanding of why certain teams have been more successful than others. Yeah, but just think about the NFL teams. They have a whole team just monitoring uh, performance and they have uh, a, a different team upstairs watching the field and then uh, feeding data downstairs down to the field where they see where they watch the data on uh, right now I think it's Microsoft Surface or something like that they, they have a, they have a, yeah and now what was the next step it's uh, it's the uh, HoloLens um, but the, uh, all, in this specific scenario it's like all the um, the information that makes you have a better decision in real time and that's the thing and that's like the the, the 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 really interesting part of the things but there's the other thing that is just pure entertainment yeah exactly. like how ar can just like create entertainment for fans and i think that that's the phase that we are mm. like uh, that is more that can go more, more mainstream at the moment i think the, the classic thing with the stadiums in this conversation is, is has been had before probably in this in this podcast but also <clears throat> with various people around the world is we want to do this and we want to use wearables and then you say, like, okay, so, well, that will be 55,000 wearables then. They won't buy them, they'll just, they'll just <clears throat> lease them. Great, well, that's 55,000 plus the security apparatus that's now yeah. going to come with those wearables, et cetera, et cetera. It's like the technology is a great way of kind of limiting your ambition in that well, sense. Well, maybe it'd be like when you used to go to the, the theatre and there'd be a pair of glasses plugged into the seat in front of you and you put in your pound yeah you, maybe I'm just dating myself here but, you, know, <laughs> you definitely are because yeah. I don't remember that you go to like, <laughs> opera glasses and actually instead of opera glasses you'll get those constraints are the are the things that now like with the available technology are making for instance the what we were discussing in terms of screens that are already existing on the on the locations because like these stadiums are full with the screens so how can we leverage the existing screens in order to provide some kind of you know like entertainment to to our um, to our visitors to our audience and then it's when examples like that famous dragon in Korea in a Korean stadium appears on the top of that because basically if you see just the just the video, if you watch just the video, it looks amazing because it's a dragon, you know, like flying over the the stadium. I reckon that the, the experience in the stadium wasn't that great, but the idea of how you can use like the current infrastructure that you have in order to create these experiences when you are um, actually making some spatial AR experience. I think that that's that's something that it's all, all it's already happening. We will we will see more and more developing even um, advertisement formats on on AR. We already see it on, on broadcast, like halftime, giant bottle of tequila appears in the that's middle right. of, yes, the, of the of the field. But now, like uh, you know, like translating that for the audience in the in the location. Great. Okay, so let, well, let's look at what, what, what we've done in, in, in sports over the sort of past few years. So, you know, we've developed quite a few sports AR experiences. Norby, which has been your favorite project so far? My favorite one was the uh, NFL Super Bowl uh, project. 
Why was that? I think he wasn't quite sure if he should talk about it or not. That was really good. Uh, yeah, so, I, 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 I just answered the question. Yeah. Uh, I, I loved it because, uh, first of all, I love NFL. Uh, the, the other thing was, it, it was a complex uh, project for us uh, developers because we had to plug into a, a third-party uh, platform for to share photos and videos of the uh, viewers. And uh, that was a, an exciting uh, thing to watch that Broadcastia can do that. So Broadcastia is not just a, a standalone system that just sits there in the background. It actually can plug into existing systems and uh, empower the system with the new uh, content. So that's why it, it was my favorite. Right. So that was, that was the system that we, that we put down for Pizza Hut? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think that was, yeah, they, they, that was super interesting because it was, it was one, of the, one of the times when, when brands and agencies kind of got together and understood why it existed and, the, and why it should be used. I think there's often, <clears throat> there's often, at the moment particularly, there's a lot of discussion about, oh, we need, to, we need to do AR and we need to use AR because that's what, you know, 12, 18 months ago, it was like, we need to do VR or we need to have some kind of VR. And I think it was, it was one of those times where it came together in terms of saying, okay, we've got, we've got massive throughput of people. We've got an absolute ton of fans and, we're, and there's no point in us kidding ourselves to a certain extent that by developing a mobile application for that particular experience that that's going to really serve its purpose mm. i think everyone in the agency meetings everyone in the brand meetings is probably very excited about it as a demo but then the truth is how are we going to navigate seventy-five thousand people coming through every day for three days yeah. and convincing two hundred thousand people to download something so in that sense it served a kind of really it was a really really good tool and I think it gave, it, gave, it gave people the opportunity to meet those people. At the, and they don't, they don't have that opportunity anywhere else. That's why people buy jerseys, because they identify with that person. Yeah. And so to meet and, and it was a sort of dance-off thing, wasn't yeah. it? So to meet and kind, of, and, and, and kind of dance off with that particular player, that will be the only time in your life you probably get to hang out with that person. And that's, that's, that's way beyond engagement. That's mm. a, like, people will reward you for that. Yeah, well, uh, in that respect, like taking the the first question, I, I will say the the Marcelo one, the Adidas one that we that we made um, last year, 2018. I know that I hurts for you as a Barca fan. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was tough. <laughs> you know, I, I received uh, a lot of backlash, <laughs> like for attending to that <laughs> to that um, recording. Um, but uh, I think, like thinking about the the system, I guess. Like, <laughs> I still got the, the photo of you outside the Real Madrid. Right? Yeah, I was in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but the truth is, like, like what I really like from that specific project. Uh, first of all, it was like the things that the guy said, like this, uh, the ability for the the people in the events to meet with uh, with Marcelo, like one of the like greatest football players in the world. And that with our technology transform that uh, that player basically into a video game character that you could control and that you can receive instant feedback according to the performance that you were doing on location. I think that that was that was that was uh, brilliant. But not, not just that, the, the ability to deploy that system for uh, for um, uh, same day events in two continents in almost ten cities 
I think that that was something that that um, that pushed the boundaries of what our systems could do, but also uh, makes us uh, made us take a step forward in how we like productize these experiences. Because at the end of the day, it's not just isolated in one specific location and then you just take a lot of pictures in a, in a, in a video and like, yeah, it was awesome. We could actually deliver to, you know, like to a lot of people this kind of unique experience and, mm. and meet your idol like in AR. So, yeah, I think the cool. Arsenal system was really interesting, um, which was also through with, with Adidas um, mm. in the fact that it ended up in the, in the gift shop, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was a kind of, that was, and again, it was, you know, and oftentimes it's, it's, it's absolutely true and it's fair to say that the brands and, and agencies will tend to arrive to us and say, hey, we like this, but we want to do that here. Yeah. And it's not something we'd necessarily considered or sort of thought about, but actually it makes a lot of sense in a retail space. Mm. It, you know, again, you're very, very close to the merch. So you've got, yeah. to go, you've got a direct line of sale, but you're... You know, as we know with retail, like retail's having to work harder and harder to to even get people in. So if if it becomes more experiential as a retail experience, then again, you're in the same position. I think Arsenal originally had a kind of three players in there. Um, who and I can say I know it hurts you because you're a you're a Man City fan. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it was but it's, conversation. I'm keeping. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't follow sports teams, so that's great. Um, yeah, so that, that was really interesting to watch and have it kind of work on a slightly for, a smaller footprint to have mm. it work in a different way. Again, there was kind of interactivity involved and kind of brands involved. It was a nice way to kind of to, to complete the circle for them, yeah. actually. Well, my favourite is what we're doing next. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're we're going to have to talk about that. That's the teaser. That's the teaser. Stay tuned. The teaser. That'll be exciting. Good. So just to wrap up, final question are there any sports leagues out there who haven't tackled AR yet but we're really hoping we'll make it happen in the future NBA <laughs> the NBA league at least uh, I think they haven't or uh, if they have we, we haven't been approached so here's hoping <laughs> I see the uh the the international cheese rolling in <laughs> I've kind of had my eyes on that for a long time. <laughs> um, I, I think I think all of the 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 US the US sports I think the kind of major leagues. But I mean, what's fascinating about the US is obviously that the college side mm-hmm. is almost as large as most countries' yeah, professional areas. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the stadiums are larger. I think I think we've spoken. I think I think we've now spoken to most. In the US, I think most types of sports. Um, I don't think there's there's that many left. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm interested to see um, what golf can do with it. Yeah. You know, I'm not a massive kind of golf fan, but golf's a very vid, <clears throat> very televisual sport, and also I think one of the, it's one of those sports where there is a massive amount of information that each player is trying to process for each shot that the the watching public doesn't necessarily really understand and that's probably another another area where they 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 can be better and i'd be i'd be surprised if steps aren't being made in that sort of area you're at least 17 holes away from the next game exactly by default well i think that's one of the other you know one of the other um 
areas where you are, you go to a sports event and actually, I mean, Formula One's a good example, isn't mm. it? Where actually you don't really you you don't really see the action at the head of the race for most of the time. You're sitting around um, the the track. You know, so again, there's there's an opportunity there. It's real. Formula One is real. Having been to races, I think you've been to races too. It's really hard to keep up. Yeah. I did like a lot of the infrastructure and a lot of the setup is actually very conventional. I mean, some of those tracks are kind of yeah. you know 50, 60, 70 years old, and they're not really geared for. You know, the cars are kind of double the speed, and, and you're effectively left. Okay, so which corner am I going to sit yes. at to see? <laughs> and you will see the cars, most of them. 56 times yes guaranteed but that's it (laughs) for five seconds for five seconds yeah so I think, and there, I mean, it's Liberty, isn't it, that that's bought into Formula One? Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, and they're kind of very fan focused, very even more revenue focused than Bernie. Mm. So I I think that, that I could see them definitely kind of making it a more visual event I think they're already starting to to, to implement so certain elements I think the one thing and we're finding this with the we're finding this particularly with the hero mirror is is that the, the core premise of the hero mirror was to meet a hero and actually what we found and the world is beginning to kind of tell us that that every single sport and every single part of entertainment has one absolutely it's built around one franchise of or it's built around 20 franchises um and the, and the rules apply to to everything from you know from en- all the way across entertainment. But but now we're seeing with sport that it's exactly the same principle. And it's also a way to expand beyond your borders, beyond your stadium, beyond your city. Yeah. Like massive uh, amount of followers everywhere in the world that you can actually you know, like provide access to meet these heroes. So I think that that's a that's a big opportunity there. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to wrap up there. So thanks to everyone for listening. Um, do you think AR is going to really revolutionize the sports industry? Well, if you think so, uh, don't be afraid to share your views on our social media channels. If you want to know more about our sports-related projects, please visit us at www.industry.com. So that's I-N-D-E-S-T-R-Y.com. com.